Fred Ricciani, TSC, your home for pro wrestling news updates, interviews, and everything in between. If you're new here, please consider subscribing. I'm testing out this new streaming setup I got. I figured what better way to test it out than to hop on and talk a little bit about NXT TakeOver Portland, which just took place about 24 hours ago. You might be wondering... Why didn't I recap this at the time? Well, it was actually my 31st birthday, so I was celebrating it. I was hanging out with the fam, so, you know, family time takes precedence over wrestling time. But I had a chance to catch up on the card from top to bottom. Action-packed, as always, as you would expect for NXT TakeOver. But there was some good, there was some bad, and there was some ugly. And I would like to recap it for all of y'all today. So, let's start from the top. The humongous news that we have that... Ciampa and Gargano are going to feud pretty much forever. So what happened was uh, Tommaso Ciampa finally got his hands on Adam Cole. Finally got his hands on the NXT Championship, but not in the way you thought. You see, he beat the hell out of Adam Cole. Took his best shot. Took the last shot. Took the freaking Panama Sunrise Canadian Destroyer. Took everything, including the kitchen sink. Kicked out of everything, but unfortunately, the referee got bumped. And then the Undisputed Era made their way to the ring. Now, a lot was going on, of course, because it was my birthday. But to the best of my recollection, I didn't see Velveteen Dream. Isn't Velveteen supposed to be feeding with Roderick Strong? That was weird. So after all that chaos, Ciampa is finally ready to put the Undisputed Era away. It's time for him to win the title, to get Goldie back around his grasp. And what happens? His old pal, Johnny Gargano, comes out, takes the NXT Championship, looks like he's going to hand it to Ciampa, his former DIY partner. These two have reconciled over the last year, or so we thought, until, boom, he hits Ciampa in the dome. Adam Cole gets the pin. One, two, three. And thus continues the story of Ciampa's NXT title chase, Woe Is Me. Now, I thought the match overall from top to bottom was action-packed and pretty freaking awesome. Although, I gotta say, I I thought the finish was a a little overkill. And judging by a lot of the feedback, I think most people kind of feel the same way as well. It's it's one of those things where, like, I I get it. You know, you want Adam Cole to possibly break the record. Let me actually close that. Oh, that that was weird. And I guess Undisputed Era doesn't like me talking crap about them, but... Of course, you do want Adam Cole, if you're Triple H, I guess, to break Finn Balor's record-setting NXT title run, which I think was like almost 300 days or something. Adam Cole's knocking on the door. But at the same time, I felt like this was time for Ciampa to win, and we've seen Gargano and, and, and Ciampa before. It's tough. It's a, bit, it's a bit of a double-edged sword for me. Now, I loved the Gargano-Ciampa feud. But I do think like a lot of people that kept it going for way too freaking long. It's almost kind of like with, with Jericho and HBK back in 2008. For anybody old enough to remember that feud. It was great. It was great. But then they had like one match a little too many. They had the classic ladder match at, at No Mercy 2008, October 2008. Ironically enough, I think that also took place in Portland. And then they still had like some last man standing match like a month later. It was just kind of ridiculous. It was still great. But it was like, okay, we get it. We get it. But that was only like one more match. I mean, this is this feud has been drawn out over and over. Now, it, it is a different dynamic with Gargano and Ciampa. And I guess if you do want Finn Bauer to challenge for the NXT title, make him your centerpiece guy since he's no longer in the main roster, this would make sense. But I don't know. 
finish was a little convoluted. I feel like you could have gone there without being so convoluted in the ref bump and everything else. But, hey, look, it is what it is. And if Ciampa's going to be staying in NXT for quite some time, if not the duration of his WWE career, if you're led to uh, believe that that's the case, then, hey, I guess it does make sense to have Ciampa lose here, have Adam Cole reign supreme, and then at WrestleMania weekend, who knows? Maybe Finn Balor wins. Maybe you finally put over Keith Lee. Maybe you get a dark horse in there like uh, Damian Priest or somebody. I'm not, I'm not really sure where you go, but I guess, hey, that adds to intrigue. And look, I can't really complain too much about Adam Cole holding a championship. He has been absolutely, positively freaking money so far as NXT champion. Been a true fighting champion, so I, I, I can't complain there. But that was a, a damn good match. I, again, I think the referee interference or the bumps and everything kind of hurt that match. We had the opener, which was Keith Lee defeating Dominic Dijakovic to retain the North American Championship. I love this match. I get that some people may not like this match because of the overall sheer wackiness of seeing these giant dudes do flips, do hurricanas, all kinds of crap, popping back up. But you got to keep it real here. Keith Lee has been waiting ages to get his shot. He's had a breakout period these last couple of months after pretty much being on ice in some storage warehouse in Florida, not being used at all. And same thing with Donovan Dijakovic, or Dominic, whatever that was, his name is, Donovan Dijak. Dijakovic, even worse, because he got signed before Keith Lee, and he was practically on ice until Keith Lee came in, and he was on ice some more. So I get why these guys wanted to show out, wanted to ball out, and that they did. Keith Lee got the win here, and just just a great match overall. I understand if people think it went a little too long, they did a little too much, but I really do think this is a great showcase. And you got to remember, these are two hungry dudes, and especially if you're Keith Lee already in your 30s, you know, time's not totally on your side here. So you want to make the most out of this opportunity. We had Dakota Kai defeat Tegan Knox in a street fight. She had a little help from, uh, I believe her name is Reina Gonzalez, or actually now Raquel Gonzalez. She, she's like six feet tall, former basketball player, interfered on Dakota Kai's behalf. Poor Tegan Knox, who suffered through not one but two catastrophic knee injuries. She was thrown off the top rope onto the table, and she's so small that I guess the table wasn't gimmicked enough to break her fall. And she just fell splat, and her neck was just like this, and she was laying down like that. I mean, it just it looked brutal. Hopefully she's okay, but... That did not look pretty uh, in the moment. Uh, I, I got to say that for sure. But it was a, a pretty good match. I'd say by default, maybe the least exciting match of, of this whole six-match six card. But, I mean, overall, a, a damn good match. And one of the better matches on any WWE main roster show. Finn Bauer beat Johnny Gargano. Surprisingly clean. Finn Bauer smashed him on the outside and then... Hit, you know, he hit the double foot stomp, hit the uh, bloody Sunday DDT to get the pin on, on Johnny Gargano. This was just a, a great, well-worked match. A little too long for my liking. I think that was a recurring theme of most of the matches other than the women's title match. I feel like they could have just trimmed it a little bit more. But at the end of the day, damn good match. Finn Balor got the win. At the time, it was very confusing to see Finn Balor get the win because... In real life, Finn Balor accidentally gave Johnny Gargano a concussion, and Gargano's been out, and in storyline, he wants revenge on on Finn Balor, and then he just loses here. So I I guess it makes sense for Johnny Gargano to turn heel. Still think it might have been better if Gargano got got the win just to give him some momentum, but you know what? If they are indeed going with Finn Balor versus Adam Cole again, if they're going to run that itch back, that makes sense. What didn't make sense to me 
was the NXT Women's Championship. A couple of things. One, I thought Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair had a hell of a match. And that was the one match where I felt like, man, I wish they had five more minutes because they were awesome. And they had great athleticism, great feats of strength. Rhea Ripley got the win by hitting the a modified Riptide off the top rope. But, man, Bianca Belair has been so money. And I think, I think she's been money for a long time. Her look, her overall improvement from the ring starting from scratch. She did, just did the gear. She was rocking Black History in the making gear during Black History Month. So, of course, she loses. Now, some people may say, that's not a big deal. It's, Rhea Ripley's got momentum, blah, blah, blah. But Bianca has momentum, too. And the crowd was really behind Bianca. And if you've you've watched her in media interviews that she's been doing leading up to this show, she has been just an unbelievable company ambassador. And I saw Mark Henry tweet out, you know, be patient, you know, but Bianca Belair, her time's coming. And look, I have a lot of respect for Mark Henry. I've interviewed Mark Henry, really nice guy. All the stuff that he had to go through as a black man in this business Man, I got I don't I don't envy him and he he really had to bust his ass, deal with a lot of backstage politics, people that were resentful of his contract, resentful of his Olympic background, resentful uh, of him getting a big push because he was a big guy and he overcame all of that and of course racism internally to become a world heavyweight champion and a WWE Hall of Famer, a legit Hall of Famer. But Mark, I got to respectfully disagree here when you say just wait for her time because if, if I'm not mistaken, this was her fourth world title shot. She has lost all four of them. Squad douche. She won none of them. Oh, and four got the Buffalo Bills special on top of that, right? We've seen this before with another young, remarkable black female star in Sasha Banks. And now she did get a chance to win the NXT championship, had a signature run there and had a nice run on the main roster, but it has left a lot to be desired. When you look at Sasha Banks and NXT and that legendary run, and then you look at what she's done on the main roster. I mean, she hasn't had any real title reign of notes. One that hasn't lasted beyond like a month. One that hasn't had a successful title defense other than the women's tag team titles. Just pretty sad if you really look back at it. And nothing against Charlotte Flair, who I think is awesome, and Becky Lynch. But man, I just, I don't know. I, I just wish they had some more diverse voices backstage that could sit down and be like, you know what? We should probably leverage this thing with Bianca Belair and with Sasha Banks. I mean, how do you sit down, look at how great Sasha Banks is, maybe the best women's performer top to bottom in the history of the company. And, and she has the connection with hip hop and Snoop Dogg and showbiz and everything else. Never mind the fact that she's talented and can get over on her own right. How do you look at her and say, you know what? We're going to push Charlotte Flair more and this other girl more and this other girl more that kind of fit our mold. It makes no sense to me. And had they put at least half the resources they put behind Charlotte Flair towards Sasha Banks, I really do think they would have had not just a a big star, Sasha is a big star, but a mainstream transitional star like Sasha Banks. But then again, look at what they do with Bailey. Bailey's great. She's had a great main roster career, but she could have been the female John Cena. And for whatever reason... They, she just never got there, and they just never booked her consistently, and they never had the patience to tell her story that she had in NXT. And, you know, it's, it's understandable if you're a fan, particularly a fan of color that looks at Bianca's tra- career trajectory and thinks, man, she's going up and up and up, and when she gets to that big moment, she loses because we've seen it the last five years with Sasha Banks. So I'm hoping, I'm praying that Bianca Belair in this whole thing doesn't just get a participation award. I should note, and that after a match, Charlotte Flair attacked Rhea, said she'll be challenging her for the NXT Women's title at WrestleMania. Then she attacked Bianca. So there is a chance, a small chance, that Bianca 
could be added to the match, and you do a triple threat, which would be great. But, again, it ain't about just participation awards, okay? Especially for people of color. It, it ain't just about, hey, they were in the title match. They were in the triple threat. That's great. No, no, okay? Fans are ready for something different, okay? Charlotte Flair can get her 16 title reigns over time. She's She's got time, but... The, uh, uh, and again, it's nothing against Charlotte herself. It's about the booking. The fact that I can only memorably recall one or two of her ten freaking title reigns over the last five years is utterly ridiculous. What's the point of having all these title reigns if they're not going to be memorable? What's the point of having all of this history if it's not going to be memorable? I mean, John Cena won his 15 world titles over the course of 15, 16 years. 15 to 16 years. Ric Flair over the course of 30 years. Three decades. So... I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. I think it's time for something different, and I, I really do think that they should go all the way with Bianca. And look, I get it. Rhea Ripley's still kind of early in her title run, but she's younger. I believe she's younger than Bianca. She's still got time. And think about this. Rhea Ripley went to NXT UK, which pushed straight to the moon, became NXT UK Women's Champion, and rightfully shows. So she's great. And then goes to NXT, balls out, does her thing, has a, a great showcase at Survivor Series, wins the NXT Women's title. That's awesome, but I think it's time they break the mold a little bit. And uh, I really do hope Bianca gets her shot. Not just for the sake of any fans of color or people that want to see somebody different you know, hold, hold the title, but just, just for her sake. Because I, I do genuinely believe that she is extremely marketable and can be a massive star, man or woman, on the main roster. So hopefully WWE takes note and puts her over because I, I really do think she's something special. And we've just seen it time and time again with a lot of these wrestlers that they have that Male or female, black or white, doesn't matter what the background is. I'll give you Braun Strowman. How many times did Braun Strowman get this close to breaking through? He has everything WWE wants. He has size. He has strength. He has charisma. Ball counts. He's fantastic with the fans. And for whatever reason, they just don't go all the way. They get a little gun shy, and it's just, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. They got they, they got to be, be a little more risk-taking, especially with all that freaking money they're getting from Fox and USA Network, and especially because their stock ain't doing so well. And you know what? It wouldn't hurt to take a few more risks that Vince McMahon is not used to taking, especially with sagging attendance and them having to not run as many house shows. So something to think about, folks. I don't know. I'd be wanting to push somebody like Bianca Belair. Anyway, then we had the Broserweights match. Broserweights being Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle taking on Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly. I'm sorry, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. This was one hell of a match. Really good stuff here. Uh, The Broserweights ended up getting the win. Matt Riddle, Pete Dunne's great. The the Undisputed is great. But Matt Riddle, for a guy, based on his experience level, only being in the business for, what, maybe five years now? He's an absolute stud. And I don't give a damn if, if some people don't like the fact that he used to smoke weed or maybe still smokes weed medicinally. I don't give a damn if people say, oh, well, he was a mid-level MMA fighter, and oh, he got cut by Bellator in UFC, or oh, he talks too much crap, and and blah, blah. The guy is a freaking star. You got to let Matt Riddle just be Matt Riddle. This is a guy that, if if this was the Attitude Era, if this was maybe the Ruthless Aggression Era, where it was a little less scripted than it is now, or maybe he was in AEW or New Japan Pro Wrestling, where it's it's presumably less scripted on the promo front, I think this guy would be a top guy, and I think... WWE needs to let this dude loose. Now, reportedly, according to Pro Wrestling Sheet, he got into a little bit of a backstage altercation with Brock Lesnar. Words were said. It wasn't anything physical, but 
I love the brashness of Matt Riddle. I love the confidence. I don't. I, I think, unfortunately, these unwritten rules of wrestling sometimes, you know, it's an old school thing where, oh, if a guy's too confident, he's cocky. Or he doesn't have respect for the business. I mean, by all accounts, I know people that have trained with Matt Riddle. I know the guy that trained Matt Riddle, and they would tell you the opposite. He's a confident guy. He's a nice guy. He's a hardworking guy. He's a great wrestler. And at the end of the day, he's just got that swagger. And you know what? I'm sorry. Like, look, this ain't the playpen here. The one thing I see with a lot of these wrestlers sometimes is, I'm too nice. And look, I'm a nice guy. And it's cool to be nice. But I think when you're projecting on screen, right, when you're trying to market yourself, you want to have that superstar swagger. And I don't know if it's because he's a former athlete and not that wrestlers aren't athletes, but, you know, but a former like professional athlete and that naturally just comes to him or, or what, but you got to have some type of swagger. You got to project yourself like a star. You want to watch this guy and be like, all right, you know, I kind of like to be like that guy. Or you know what? That's my guy. That's my dude. It's cool to have underdogs. It's cool to have people that are relatable, but you need some people that at times are just on another level. And in my humble opinion, Matt Riddle is on another level. And if this dude doesn't win the NXT title at some point, doesn't get called up at some point, ain't main, evader, main eventing WrestleMania at some point, then something went seriously wrong. And I'll tell you this, it ain't Matt Riddle's fault if that's the case. Because come on, man. Now, I should note somebody pointed out here, what about Matt Riddle's wife reportedly body shaming women on her Instagram? Yes, uh, she apparently did do that a, a few months back uh, where... She just, for whatever reason, she called out some random WWE women and was like, no, you got to do squats this way and that way. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that, that, that sounded a little petty to me, but whatever. Okay. At the end of the day, let's, let's look back at history. Okay. Kevin Nash, Bret Hart, all these dudes, Shawn Michaels, they were always the most, they weren't always the most pleasant people to be around, but guess what? They were stars. They carried themselves like stars. They had that confidence and you need people like that. Okay. I'm just saying. You need people like that. So, and you can never have too many stars. So anyway, overall, I give NXT TakeOver Portland a thumbs up. I do th- think, though, just because of the Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair finish and, and the missed opportunity there for now, I do think based on the overbooked nature of the main event, this was slightly below some other takeovers, but I mean, we're real. If we're keeping it real, we're really splitting hairs here. I mean, this was still a damn good show. If this was a, a type of show put on by the main roster, everybody would be calling it maybe show of the year. So this was one hell of a show. Props to NXT talent. Props to the NXT booking. Although, again, y'all got to step it up a little bit when it comes to the women's title picture. But, folks, I want to hear from you. Do you agree with me? Do you disagree with me? Do you think this was a thumbs up show? Thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Let me know. Leave a comment below. We have some brand new merch available right now on ProWrestlingTees.com slash News. That's ProWrestlingTees.com slash News. I also have links in the description if you want to buy from Pro Wrestling Tees or Teespring if you want to support us. I'll have a number of interviews coming up, including with ROH World Champion PCO, Pierre Carwillette, and Deddy B. Hall of Famer, The Godfather. Also, down the road, I'd say something to look out for in a few months. I'm going to be unveiling possibly a new subscription tier specifically for wrestling fans, maybe through Patreon, maybe through another service, maybe directly through YouTube. But I know there's been a lot of people that have been asking me to do more wrestling content. As you all know, I do a lot of NFL, a lot of NBA these days, a lot of baseball, but I still got love for my wrestling fans that brought me to the dance. So if you're somebody that's 
that would be interested in more wrestling content. Let me know what you would like to see, and I'll see if we could uh, work things out before WrestleMania time. But until then, folks, stay tuned for our WWE Super Showdown coverage. Stay tuned for our Elimination Chamber and, of course, WrestleMania coverage. And until next time, everybody, as always, enjoy the matches.